0: Good morning. morning. Let me wish Happy New to you as well. Glad you are here and worshiping with us. Uh, As we enter into the new year, I want to join you in giving praise to our God for his provision. In this, right before the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I shared a list of numbers from 2019 that I was thankful for. One of them is not that song, but we're about to sing that song. 256, and it was kind of a funny number because it represented how far we were behind in our giving. It was a funny thing to give thanks for because it was like we would give thanks because we had more, not lots less. But I explained, this was simply uh, an opportunity for us to say, Lord, we trust in your headship. You're the head of Christian Family Chapel, and we trust that you'll lead us, and so we are dependent upon you. So with that, uh, the last month of December, we asked that you would do three things, that you would ask the Lord, Lord, how would you want me to participate? And, and uh, however the Lord would lead you, that you would say, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna obey him. And then we would be, we would be at peace and at rest with however the Lord provided. Thank you, Lord. So. I don't know if you participated personally and prayed. Lots of you did. You prayed and you responded and you gave and you may want to know where'd we end up. $39,000 over budget after being $256,000 behind. Uh, uh, Unprecedented level of generosity in the final month at Christian Family Chapel. And to that I want to say this very specifically. I praise God because of you. Because God is gracious, but he provides through his people. And I always recognize whenever I give, whenever you give, there's plenty of other things to spend our money on, right? But to be able to say, Lord, in response to you, I want to invest in that which can never be taken away. And I want to invest in that which matters most. And so I'm exceedingly grateful to our God. So I want us to pray and give him thanks and then we're gonna declare, you already got a peek of how great our God is. Let's stand and I'm gonna lead us in praying and Dallas will lead us in singing. (laughs) Lord, so thankful for this body and so thankful for your headship of it. Thank you that We can look to you as a good shepherd, as a faithful father, to trust you, to obey you, even when it might seem a little fearful, but to trust you, to play our lives in your hands, knowing that you have promised that you love us perfectly. Thank you for your gracious work in this body. Thank you for all those who came to know you as Savior in this past year. And thank you for a generous body that reflects, really, how great you are. So let's declare this together. How great is our God.
1: How great.
0: Thank you very much. You can have a seat. What a way to really declare in song as we enter this new year. O Lord, our God. I hope that's what's going to play out in this coming year in each of our lives, that the Lord is our God. Probably many of you have seen this illustration of these two jars. If you've seen this, let me see your hands. Okay, if you haven't seen this before, this is simply an illustration that represents two jars that have the same amount of material, but in one of the jars, it all fits in, and in the other jar, it doesn't all fit in. And the difference is, in this jar, they put the big rocks in first, and then they put all the little rocks around it, and in this jar, they got all the little stuff in first, and then they couldn't get all the big stuff in after. It's a great illustration that simply reminds us that the way we need to live our lives is by putting the big rocks in first, answering the question, what matters most. So that once we define what matters most, then we can go, okay, that's what I'm going to put in my life first. Because if I don't put in the what matters most, then all the other little stuff that it does matter, it just doesn't matter most. 2020, we either get filled up with this and then you'll try and cram in some of this. Or this morning, hopefully, with a responsive heart to the Lord, you'll begin this year going, I'm going, to, I'm going to lay out the year with clarity. Big rocks first. Because these will come. Your life will get filled up. It'll be a matter of whether you'll just let it get filled up with All the busyness of life or whether you'll put what matters most in first. Did you notice the message memo? Kind of unique, huh? So I was asked, what's that mean? Well, you may think, well, it means Doug was on vacation and so I'm winging it. I didn't really have a plan and so we're, that's not what it means. I had a message memo and then literally at the last minute, I said, no, I want to take it all away because I want you to understand that apart from the first four days, this year is a clean slate in front of you. And there's something powerful about that. That you can only look back on 2019 and see what filled up your page. But you get to look ahead and go, huh, what am I going to fill this year with? And I hope it's going to be with what matters most. But you can't put the big rocks in until you know what the big rocks are. So... Our intent to start Genesis 1-1 in the beginning is next week. This week, very simple, but I hope we'll have a profound impact on all of 2020. What are you going to fill your year with? Will, Will you fill it with, first, what matters most? Jesus was asked a form of this question Matthew 22, if you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. Some of you are already there. Matthew 22, Jesus gets asked a form of this question. What matters most? It's by a lawyer who says, teacher, speaking to Jesus. Which is the great commandment in the law? In other words, there are hundreds of them. Which one matters, what? Which one matters most? And many of you are familiar with what Jesus says. He says, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And the other gospel includes, and with all your strength. This is the great and foremost quit. This is the one that matters most. Now, typically, We spend the vast majority of our time when we look at Jesus' answer and ask ourselves, what does it mean when he says, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind? And that's not a bad question. It's just, in sometimes answering that, we miss what he is most obviously saying. What's the greatest commandment? What's the most important thing in 2020? This might seem like so simple to you, you're going to go, oh, really? That's the answer? It is. God. God is most important. That's why his answer, love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't get lost in the detail of what's it mean, my heart, my mind, what's what's the difference there? Understand, As simple as this is, this is the beauty of it, that you and I can really begin this year going, you know, the biggest rock, most important rock that would go into your life, into your schedule, into your budget, into everything that you do would be God matters most. And you think, seriously, I came to hear that. Yeah, you couldn't hear anything actually more important than that as you go into this year. God matters most, not your job, not your family, not your health, not your vacations, not your salary. What matters most is God. Why? Well, Colossians says this about the son of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. This is about Jesus, the son of God, for by him, all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and... Oh, no, no, no. You've got to say that with a little more conviction. All things have been created through him and for him. See, he's the big rock. He is before all things, and in, all, in, in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. Is there a bigger rock than God? No, there isn't, whether it's 2020 or 2040. He is the big rock because he's the first and the last. He is over all. He has created all and he holds it all together. Now, let me be clear. That was from Colossians 1 all about the son of God. And then Philippians 2 says this about the son of God. For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Overall, first place. To what? To the glory of God the Father. Yeah, understand what I'm saying. I'm saying God matters most. And because apart from him, we don't have anything that we have. And apart from him, it doesn't hold together. He is most important. And therefore, even the son did what he did to the glory of God the Father. God is most important because he is worthy of all glory and honor because he is the first, the last, he is overall, he has created all things, he holds all things together. Now, will we look at that a lot in Genesis 1-1 and following beginning next week? Absolutely. But don't miss the simplicity that when you get up tomorrow, it would make all the difference in the world if you would say, you know what matters most today? Not the weather not who won the game. Not what we're going to do. What matters most is God. He would have first first place. Not a slice of the pie, first place. Not a part of your week, first place. Most important. Your week we either get filled up with this Or you'll go, no, this is most important. And everything else in the week is going to go around God. Now, go back to what Jesus says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. So uh, watch this. What is most important? God and love. Love the Lord your God. With all your soul mind and strength now you may think doug you need to recheck your definition of most you can't have two things most but when it comes to god is most important you cannot dissect it from from love when god is most important then love is also most important why because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You understand what I'm saying? You cannot, did you hear me? You cannot dissect love from God. So when God is most important, then love will be most important. Has to be. Because he is love. The scripture repeatedly addresses this. Now, faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. Love is greater than faith because there will be a time when faith will become sight. And love is greater than hope because there will be a time when hope becomes reality. So, faith will end, hope will end, but Will we love in heaven? Perfectly. Finally. See that? See, there'll be a time where, whoo, no more faith. Because sight, God himself will dwell among us. We will be his people and he will be our God. We'll be with him. Hope will be realized. And love will never end. And love will never fail. It matters most because he is love. Colossians 3 verse 14 says, Beyond all these things put on love, which is love is the perfect bond of unity. So he elevates love beyond other things. What's he talking about? Well, two verses before, 12 and 13, he said, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone... Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And then what's he say? Beyond all these things, put on love. Why? Because it's the perfect bond of unity. Love matters most because it'll never fail, it'll never end, and it is the perfect blend of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Love matters most because God matters most. And God is love. Peter says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Don't miss this. Above all. Beyond all. The greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest above all, beyond all. Most excellent way. Because love covers a multitude of sins. You know, we we talked about it as we were preparing to take the Lord's Supper. Will 2020 bring a multitude of sins? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Public and private, outside the church and inside the church, I hate to say. And love will matter most because love will cover. Love will be that perfect blend of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. Put it all together and you have the super glue of unity called love. It matters most because God matters most. See how powerful it would be if you got up tomorrow and said, you know what matters most today? God and love. Except Jesus doesn't stop there. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So you don't get lost in all that. That's not complicated. With everything that you are and with all that you are. Love God. It's most important. But he doesn't stop. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. See, even Jesus goes, which is the the greatest? And then he gives multiple. (laughs) Why? Because when God is foremost, then love is foremost, and like it, you see? God love people. The second is like it. When God matters most, love matters most. And when God and love matter most, then people are right with it. Hey, God and love matter most, and God loves people. That, sometimes it's the most simple things that are most essential to refocus in. This is the beauty of a, a blank slate in front of you called 2020. It was even better Thursday night because we we're only two days in. We're already five days in now. You should have come on Thursday night. Because <laughs> you've lost, they got like a three day head start on you. <laughs> to simply go, what matters most this year is God loves people. You. There's no greater thing in 2020 than the fact that God loves you. Not who likes you, not who is for you, not who's friends with you. The most important thing about the coming year is God loves you. And the most important for you will be, well, is it three rocks? Mm-hmm. It's God, love, and People. What he's saying, it's like, it. in other words, when he says, it's like it, you can't separate it. Meaning, if I love God, I will love people. Now that's gonna be challenging because there's there's plenty of times, especially I've learned this in the South, bless their hearts. (laughs) What's that mean? God loves them, but they're driving me crazy. That's what bless their hearts mean. There's gonna be plenty of opportunities where you're gonna think, I love God, but I'm not sure I love these people. And if you love God, you love people. And so Jesus gives multiple answers to the question, but it's really just kind of one. God, love, people. So how's that work out? I mean, that sounds like, okay, that's, I get it. How will 2020 work out so that, that you would really go, God, Love and people are really going to matter most. I'm going to share with you some things that that have been shared with me over the years. Not an exact message like this, but things I've learned from, so this is not original stuff with me. It's just stuff that I've learned when God, love, and people matter most. First, one of the most important things uh, that I've learned is to set a proactive schedule. Most of us live reactively. And the only way you and I are going to have our lives ruled by big rocks versus small, it's not wrong stuff, it's just... Lots of times, important stuff, it's just not the most important stuff. So our jar, look up here, our jar gets full with the important stuff and we miss the most important. So the way to ensure that the most important stuff gets the minutes, not the just the important as we go, I'm gonna set a proactive schedule. In other words, I'm not gonna just fit it in where I can. I'm going to plan for it before it happens. Give you an example. According to the elders, the most important, and there's two of them, (laughs) but one of the most important things that my role at the chapel is the teaching of the scriptures in our worship service on a weekly basis. Does it surprise you that I don't reactively study each week? In other words, I don't go, hey, when nobody wants to talk, when nobody wants to meet, when nobody needs visited, and when no one wants me to respond to their emails, when all of that's clear, I open my Bible and go, okay, what do we want to talk about Sunday? Now, I hate to say this, a lot of pastors do it that way. But because it's one of the most important things, actually, you can always know what I'm going to do Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, and Thursday morning. It'll be true in January. It'll be true in July. It'll be true in November. I will be proactively, it's already on my schedule. I don't have to wonder what I'm going to be doing at 10 o'clock in July already proactively on my schedule and, and, and here's a little secret this may bug you but here's the little secret if you call him at 10 a.m say can i talk to doug he's in a meeting and we had a secretary one time we were, oh really are you in a meeting yes i am meeting with the lord and if that's too cheesy for you i don't know what else to say but i am meeting with the lord and if i took a phone call every time i would be reactively versus proactively. Now that's just the example of, so there are for my job, a proactive schedule. Now let's get back to your 2020. If God is most important in your life, do you already plan? Do you know whether it's January, July, or November when you're going to meet with him privately on a daily basis? Or are you just going to fit it in? Because when you just try to fit it in, it's amazing how the day fills up, isn't it? And how the week fills up. There's something so simple, but actually transformational if you would proactively schedule to the point that says, "Uh, no, I can't do that. I already have a meeting with the Lord. Might take getting up earlier. It might change and adjusting to your schedule because it's what? Most important. There is nothing more important than God in your life and therefore you hearing from him. And I think we all know that, but then we live with a reactive schedule instead of a proactive schedule and then we wonder why we don't hear from him. It's a very simple change, friends. Proactively schedule meeting with the Lord. Many of you proactively schedule meeting with the Lord corporately. You're here 9.30 because this is kind of when you come, 9.30. And if you only come when it works out, or if you're only here because it's the beginning of the year, I'm glad you're here. I hope you will proactively schedule, whether it's Sunday morning or when you miss a Sunday, then go, I make it up on a Thursday night. Not make it up because I'm not pleasing. trying to please the Lord. I'm trying to keep what is most important, most important. It's so basic. Set a proactive schedule. When are you going to meet with the Lord? Personally, put it on your calendar. Meeting with the Lord morning lunch afternoon evening lots of people make biblical cases for morning i get it i also get that people are different more important than the time of day is that there is a time of day meeting with the lord when will you Practice hospitality in 2020. Because what's most important? God, love, and people. And 1 Peter 4 says, above everything, above everything, remain fervent in your love because love covers a multitude of sins. That's verse 8. You know what verse 9 says? Practice hospitality. Unless you plan it, you'll be too busy or they'll be too busy. The only way that hospitality generally happens, at least for Jackie and I, is if we go weeks ahead. Let's get it on the calendar. Because if we live reactively, the most important will get replaced by the less important. So meet with the Lord. Practice hospitality. And last week, Ryan talked, stick with the mission. What's the mission? Anybody here? Make disciples. So two questions. When in 2020, if God, love, and people are most important, when will you be proactively engaging those who do not yet know Jesus? Because again, if we don't proactively work it in, we'll get eaten alive by the little rocks. We all know it. I'm not. You're, no, nobody's light bulb's going. Whoa! I never thought about this. You just know it. But this is the time. This is why I gave you the blank message memo. You got a clean slate in front of you. Set a proactive schedule that reflects God. Love and people. Talked about Truth Quest. Need people for that. We, we're always looking where will people prioritize? Investing in helping either people come to know Christ or grow in Christ. Because disciple-making, remember, is taking those who are dead in their sins to be born again, to those who are born again, to grow up in Christ, to those who grow up in Christ, to be equipped to make disciples themselves. That's the discipleship journey. And discipleship takes minutes, and minutes require planning, setting Setting a schedule. In the midst of my job, in the midst of my work, it gets often set for you, right? Around that, where are you going to meet with the Lord? Engage with people and express love that they would know Jesus. Proactive schedule. Jackie and I know that unless unless we plan hospitality, it won't end up happening. And Jesus ate with people. Whether it's in your home, your apartment, or you meet them out for eat, out to eat, Jesus ate with people. Fellowship with people. Second, establish a stewardship budget. Now you may think, whoa, 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 where'd a budget come from <laughs> in God, love, and people? Simply this. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll devote, be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, And money. Jesus is doing us a huge favor. He's simply saying to us, the greatest competitor for the vast majority of us, for most important in life, will be our money. Either the earning of it, the accumulating of it, or the enjoying of it. It'll either rule you or God will rule you. There won't be both. So if God is going to be the one that I serve, then a stewardship budget is absolutely required. A stewardship budget simply means this. Lots of budgets talk about where you're going to spend. A stewardship budget represents, uh, it's not mine, it's the Lord's, and therefore I'm accountable to the Lord, not only for what I give, but what I spend and what I save. A stewardship budget covers spending, saving, and sharing. With It's the Lord's, and what matters most? Him, love, and people. Have you ever looked at your budget? Have you ever looked at your bank statement? Have you ever looked at your credit card and said, does this reflect God, love, and people? It's a great question. And a budget is like a proactive schedule. It sets us in keeping what's most important, most important, so that all the other stuff, and there's plenty of stuff that we can do with our money, it doesn't, get in all, it doesn't all get eaten up by the other stuff. That's a stewardship budget. So, practical application, do you have a budget? Not just a spending, a, a spending, saving, and sharing. And if you have one, do you even know what's on it? Or did you make it one time a long time ago and you have never looked at it? <laughs> That's the favorite thing to do with budgets. Now, some of us are you're like, I can see you're looking at me like, oh man, budget, uh, this, this. I, I, I understand. Sometimes we don't like budget because budgets are intended to hold us accountable to what matters most. That's why we set it out, friends. Either we'll look in the rearview mirror of 2020 and go, "Ah, oh, I wish I could do it over," or we'll look out the windshield of 2020 on January 5th and go, "I know what matters most." Doug didn't tell me anything. I knew it. It's God, love, and people. But I actually laid it out in advance to reflect that my minutes and my resources. So, a couple of suggestions, a couple ideas. Again, shared with me. I've learned. Number one, I was shocked the very first time here at chapel that I was assigned to teach on money. And having been grown up being taught tithing, giving God 10%, and the other 90% was mine. He gets 10, just pay him his bill, and then it's mine. I realized I can't find it. Jesus, all the letters to the New Testament don't command New Testament tithing. It was an Old Testament practice. And so I was confronted after years and years and years of tithing with stewardship giving. And one of the things that I was really challenged with was Lord, if it's not just always the same amount or this same percentage, that if you matter most and love matters most and people matter most, and my greatest competitor is wealth, then if at all possible, every year, we're going to give a little more percentage, not just amount, but we're going to increase our percentage. And I can simply tell you, again, personal experience, looking back a dozen years, if I'd have made that decision a dozen years ago of where we are now, it would freak me out. But the steady process of a commitment to say, Lord, you matter most, and money is my command. We're just going to increase, not not the amount, because that would have been easy. The percentage. Now, if I live till 90, I might be in a bad way. (laughs) But I'm telling you, the blessing to be able to give uh, has been multiplied by a commitment to go, I'm not going to get stuck. On a percentage. I'm going to, by God's grace, let it keep growing. And then, maybe five years ago, I learned from a friend about a blessing bucket. And that was to simply say, well, I skipped one. Because first I did this. How many of you have a checkbook? That's what I thought. Very few. We hardly ever have a checkbook anymore. Years and years, our giving was write a check, write a check, write a check. And I resisted the the making an automatic recurring gift from the bank to the church because it just felt like paying JEA and God. But I also recognized that my check writing had some real flaws to it. Like, when I was absent, so was my giving. And when I was forgetful, so was my giving. And when we ran out of checks, so did my giving. And I learned that by December, when I had committed by faith to the Lord, I would give in January, I was generally like right here, pretty significantly behind, not just a month left. And then my sticky little heart would go, Well, you give a lot already. Maybe you don't need to give it all. Now, I know you're thinking, You think that? I've never thought that. Well, maybe you've thought that. And so, the prompting of a godly man, I set recurring gift. And I get the receipt every Sunday morning, it's the reminder me. Like at 335, I didn't look at it at 335, but I saw it this morning. When At 335, I got a receipt. Your gift was given to Christian Family Chapel. So for my missions giving, happens recurring monthly. Here at the church, happens on a weekly basis. It happens in my forgetfulness and my covetousness, which can always linger at the door of my own heart doesn't get its paws on it. Now, if you still write a check and you do it faithfully, praise the Lord. I'm not saying don't do that. I am saying it helped me. And the vast majority of you don't have a check anymore anyway. The principle actually comes right out of scripture. Concerning the collection for the saints. As I directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also. On the first day of every week, each one of you is to put aside and save. Now, don't think save like you're 401k. Think save as in, I'm setting aside to do what? what, what, what to share it. And I do it the first of every week. I set it aside so that when the collection happens, my covetous heart, didn't get sticky and it. It's already set aside. Because what happens is lots of us want to give, but I can't give what I've already spent. So it's been good for me. My giving is present when I'm not. My giving doesn't forget when I do. And I've been faithful to what the Lord has prompted instead of agreeing to it and then shrinking back from it. Might not be important to you. It was helpful to me. So I had all this designated giving, but then stuff would come up and I'd be like, "Ah, I didn't know that when I laid it all out. And the guy simply said, we create a blessing bucket, certain amount of dollars that we want to share. And as we see an opportunity, it's kind of like radiosity for the church as a whole. We see an opportunity we can bless. And so to go, oh, man, that couple is really struggling. It's their anniversary. We can bless them with an anniversary dinner. That family is really tight, but we can send their kid to camp to simply bless. Because what matters most? God, love, and people. And then my dad died a couple of years ago, and he had been super generous, and I realized I wanted to do something to make sure that my kids and my grandkids don't ever forget his pattern of generosity. And so we've taken a lump sum of money each year, and we gather as a family in preparation, usually around Thanksgiving, to say, we're gonna be around the table, thanking the Lord for what he's done for us. And then we're gonna say, who can we as a family bless with what we simply call a root family gift. And it's cool because my kids, some live in South Carolina, some here, and they'll simply say, well, I know this family in need, or I know this family lost a baby and didn't have insurance. We know this family and their child has cancer. And five or six ideas often get thrown out. And then we have an opportunity as a family to say, Lord, we want to have unity here. So, and so I'll simply say, you've all heard the ideas. Any sense of what you're ready to get on board with? It was so awesome the first year we did this. Immediately, even though like five ideas had thrown out, we had been blessed with three grandchildren that year. And we knew a family who lost their baby at full term, stillborn. And now they had a hospital bill and no baby. And I'll never forget my kids are gone. That's what we want to give to. How could we not how could we not do that after the way God has blessed us in this way? so we have these really sweet moments to not be ruled by money but to be ruled by God, love, and people keep you who radar on high alert. (laughs) What I simply mean by that is the people who live beside you, no accident. The people you work with, no accident. The people you go to school with, no accident. The people you meet in the line at the grocery store, no accident. The people who check you out, no accident. Keep your who radar on high alert. So Friday, I'm at Publix with my son we're actually buying some groceries for some hospitality that night and and I had been asking some questions where's this because you know Jackie usually grocery store and I when I walk into a grocery store like that I like I look for the first person I say tell me where this 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 is because I don't want to look around so just tell me and so they told me, and a few folks helped me. And my son, Tommy, who's up from Fort Myers, gave me this silly grin. He's like, Dad, you're like super engaged with people. And I thought, Thank you, Lord. Because that's exactly what I want. I want my, I want by God's grace, in whatever context I am, for people to go, There was gratitude, joy, and kindness right there, even if it's a 10-second interaction, gratitude, joy, and kindness. Because I have no idea what God is doing in the who that he has placed around me. But I do know that God, love, and people matter, and so I want to keep that on high alert. And you might pick three different things. But I think that's what blesses people. Gratitude blesses people. Joy blesses people. Kindness blesses people. So whatever the action, that's what I hope they experience. Jesus spoke about money and then he spoke about worry in Matthew six. Don't miss that. He's He's no dummy. (laughs) He understands what goes together in our lives. And then he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things, All these things, seek this first. His kingdom. What is his kingdom? What is the kingdom of God? God, love people. All these other stuff, it's going to fill your year. You don't need to worry about that. It's going to fill your year. What you want to give yourself to? God, love people first. Father, I pray that by your spirit you would speak to your children and that we would love you and love others most of all in the coming year and that it would be planned and protected and guarded by how we Schedule our minutes and how we use our resources to the praise of your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Thanks for being here next week in the beginning, God.